It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now, anything's possible. Oh my mama, oh my mama, baby, ma, anything's possible. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Welcome back. This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, and I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I cover this team for MassLive.com. If you're new to the show, you can follow me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. You can follow the show at LOCeltics on Twitter and ask me a question, make a comment, interact, be my friend. I could always use another friend. Watch Celtics with me. And today I'm going to be talking to Locked On. Hornets host, Walker Mail. That's coming up in the second and third segments. Walker and I talk about Kemba's return. We talk about Terry Rozier, some of the things that are going on with the Charlotte Hornets. So that's going to be the conversation in the second two segments of the show. I want to start with an injury update and let you guys know that Jalen Brown, officially listed as probable for this game, he has been out with an illness, some mystery illness. Nobody, no one's really saying what it is. Not that it matters. He's back. He's going to be uh, joining the team after working out a couple of days in Boston on his own. He'll be rejoining the team in Charlotte, so that's good news. Ennis Cantor has been upgraded. He was doubtful officially in the last game, and now he's listed as questionable. That's an upgrade. So I guess what that means is he'll go through shoot-around tomorrow, and we'll find out if he's officially going to play. Uh, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, also on the injury report listed as probable. People have been asking, why are those guys listed? Because Tice still dealing with the after effects of that left ankle sprain. Robert Williams with that left hip. They called it bursitis. He missed one game with that, and he was back last night. Both guys, obviously, they played against Cleveland. Both guys looked good against Cleveland. Daniel Tice had the five blocks. Robert Williams looked as athletic as he ever has. So, Unless there are some lingering effects from that, they're probable they're going to play. Uh, Marcus Smart, not on the injury report. He took that shot to the oblique, which was the exact same spot that he got hit last year where he missed significant time. This year he got hit. He says it felt stronger. He was able to obviously finish the game, and that's great news. So Smart not even on the injury report. Jalen Brown being back is big. Ennis Cantor theoretically being back is big. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter to make sure you get your up-to-date uh, updates. Up-to-date updates. Good one, John. <laughs> on on these injuries. And uh, we'll see. I think the, the one thing about the Hornets is they're, they're very thin at the center spot. Uh, I don't think Cody Zeller is going to be dominating down low. So uh, getting Cantor back is going to help. It's going to help that second unit. 
the second unit is on Charlotte is kind of what helped them get back into a game against the Indiana Pacers, which Walker and I will be talking about in a couple of minutes. The Hornets beat the Indiana Pacers in overtime on Tuesday night while the Celtics were beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they got a significant contribution from their bench. Devontae Graham dropped a career-high 35, uh, and he's been working alongside Terry Rozier. Again, I'll talk to Walker Mail about that, but something to watch for when the Celtics play the uh, the Hornets and for the Celtics to have a kind of a bench back in in full uh, will be a, a big deal. And having if they go back to the regular starting lineup, Smart and Cantor coming off, I mean, I think that's going to be a big advantage for the Celtics. That's going to be a place where even if the Hornets are kind of buoyed by a Terry Rozier revenge game, if Rozier comes back and has like good old Tito nights, then the Celtics will have to use their bench to kind of help build a lead, extend a lead, and having Marcus Smart and Ennis Cantor work pick and roll off the, uh, the, the Hornets kind of thinner bench with the bigs that's going to that's going to be a big deal, I think, for the Celtics. And obviously, Jalen Brown just have one more scoring option. Uh, I think when the Celtics take either Tatum or Hayward out early, keeping Brown in there as another option would be a uh, nice way to kind of keep the pressure on other teams, keep the pressure on Hornets. Might also see if Brad Stevens goes with shorter stints for uh, Jalen Brown. I mean, what if they decide that Jalen's going to be the guy that comes out five or six minutes into the game, and then he's the one that runs with the second unit and comes in and works with Marcus Smart, and now you have a second unit at the end of the first quarter and start of the second quarter kind of working around Jalen, Smart, and Cantor. I mean, that that could be a, a nice trio to work together on that second unit. So interesting to see how Brad uses Jalen and in this age of experimentation in the first two months, three months of the regular season, if Brad's going to take this opportunity to experiment a little more, or if they say, hey, Jalen, you're going to come off the bench as you work your way back because you've missed a couple of games. We're going to get your win back. And if it happens to work well, then you go to Jalen and you say, hey, Jalen, this works great. Let's keep doing this. Uh, I'm not sure how he would take that, but I talked a little bit about this yesterday on the show. It's going to be something that keeps coming up. We'll see how the Celtics kind of continue experimenting. That's your injury update. When we come back, me and Walker Mail, one of the hosts of the Locked On Hornets podcast, get into the conversation about Kemba get into the conversation about Terry Rozier, and that's going to be the rest of the show. Now, I would like to put money on whether Terry Rozier or Kemba Walker take more shots in this game. My money would be on Terry Rozier taking more shots. I feel like he's got a revenge game in him, and I wish I could do that on my bookie.ag. They've got just about everything, and you know what? If you check around... I wonder if that's a prop bet because they do have prop bets as well as pro and college ball tipping off all month long. Uh, college basketball is back and you can take at, take a part of the action 
with mybookie.ag. You can play a parlay, and if you don't know what a parlay is, you bet a little bit, you pick, you pick a bunch of games, and if you hit on all of those games, you can get a much bigger payout. However you do it, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Like I said, college is back, so you can turn your attention from carving pumpkins or throwing away that rotted pumpkin that you've already carved to the Spartans carving up defenses. Cassius Winston is back for his senior year, and he's trying to prove that he has what it takes to bring a championship to Michigan State. So if you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag, and if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Whatever you put in, mybookie doubles that if you use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You have to use that promo code to activate the offer. That's LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. You are locked on Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Walker, welcome to the show. Uh, Celebrating a nice win, uh, overtime win against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, That brings the... Charlotte Hornets to four and three on the season. A little bit of a surprise. It, it has been a surprise. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that where the Charlotte Hornets are four and three after seven games on the season. Now the Hornets have been, uh, they've certainly benefited from a lot of opposing injuries to this point. But uh, we'll just look at the record, and we don't have to look at all the other <laughs> stuff that has amounted for, for the Hornets. To come off to the surprising star, but no, it was it was a lot of fun to see the Hornets uh, win last night against the Indiana Pacers. And you're absolutely right; I can't imagine anybody really thought that they would have this record after seven games. But here we are, and now they take on the Boston Celtics. 
Boston Celtics have five wins. If, hey, if the Hornets win, the two teams both have five wins, and there'd be a half game behind Boston. So we're already early standings. Watch. You got to take it where you can get it because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, the so this is obviously the big Kemba Walker return. So what? Give give us a, a take in Boston, uh, a sense of what we can expect with Kemba Walker's return to Charlotte. It's going to be it's going to be a special one for all the Hornets fans. There is going to be absolutely zero anger from many of the Hornets fans inside the Spectrum Center. It's going to be a long-standing ovation. Uh, I, I expect it, it, it. It's going to be as as the fans are going to be as grateful as you could possibly ask for. And Kimball Walker is the best Charlotte Hornet of all time, and just in a, in a history that hasn't had a ton of fantastic players that have stayed with the team for a long time. Kemba was really the only player with this franchise that checks off all the boxes. You talk about in the Hornets slash Bobcats era, there just hasn't been too many players that have stayed a long time and have been a Hall of Famer. You can go to Alonzo Mourning, but he was only here a few years. Larry Johnson was certainly a player that everybody loves, but was only here five years. You go to just a, a bunch of different of the a bunch of different players that have been here throughout the years, and and they just don't amount to what Kemba meant to this franchise. You know, he was with Charlotte during the darkest days that were the seven and fifty nine days, and then mm-hmm. we saw him grow up into this amazing basketball player that improved so much. If you look back at the beginning of Kemba Walker's career, it took a while for him to get going. There's a reason that he was on such a bargain of a deal at $12 million annually. I remember when he was, when he signed that contract extension and the last one that he had with the Hornets, there were people that were questioning whether Kemba Walker deserved the $12 million annually that Rich Cho gave him at the time. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him become a multi-time all-star. We saw him become this clutch player for the Charlotte Hornets that really helped them get to the playoffs a couple of times. I think what you can expect is just an unbelievable amount of gratitude that the Hornets fans are going to show towards Kimball Walker. There's not going to be one fan that attends to this game that won't be standing up, won't be standing up a long time, that are clapping for a very long time. It's going to be a powerful scene, at least, for everybody that lives and breathes Charlotte Hornets basketball that grew up watching this team and is a big fan of them. You brought up some real painful memories of me uh, watching the Celtics and Charlotte Hornets back in the was it 1990 what three, where uh, the Hornets upset the Boston Celtics in the first round, the Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson days. Uh, that's our moment, John. That, I remember that's the that. best moment in Charlotte Hornets history. <laughs> I remember that. Was it is a, was Alonzo that hit that shot that was like laying down? He's like had his arms raised like as he laying down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was bitter because that, that, that was the that's end. That's our moment. Yeah, that was that was the end of like the big three. Like Bird was already gone, but like that was Mikhail looked just just toast and so thanks for that PTSD trigger. Uh, back to Kemba. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even think honestly if if we're looking at how things should have gone, like we, we shouldn't even be talking right now. This this shouldn't happen. Uh, either Kemba should have remained a Charlotte Hornet or they would have traded him away and gotten a, a bigger return than Terry Rozier. Uh, you know, one of those 
trade away a superstar type player, an all NBA level player, and get some young assets and draft picks and, and kind of start over. So um, I would imagine that some of that bitterness, like this, this return should have happened last year with a different team. So I would imagine that there is there some bitterness in Charlotte uh, with how all of this was handled. Oh, there's a ton. Uh, people were angry. This was their guy, John. I mean, people loved Kimba Walker. They did not want to see him go. And in reality, you think about it. It, it probably it, it makes a ton of sense for the Charlotte Hornets to move on from Kimba Walker. It made sense for this marriage not to last any longer than it did, given the circumstances that all led up to last year. But you're absolutely right. I think a lot of that anger came with with the front office not doing enough of a good job to give Kimba Walker a good enough team to actually get further in the playoffs. This is a team that hasn't made it to the Eastern Conference Finals before. The, the last time that they were successful, and it's the furthest they've ever been, was you go back to the early 2000s when they had a seven-game series against the Milwaukee Bucks. And if they would have won that series, they would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals to play the Allen Iverson-led Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, Iverson would go and lead his team on to the Lakers finals where they would lose, but that's the most success that the Hornets have ever felt. I, I mentioned just how much of a, of the, he's the best player in Hornets history. So a lot of people were, were clearly angry and you're right about the front office, not taking advantage of what they should have done with Kimba at the peak of his powers, as well as him being a little bit younger. Um, I mean, you go back to a couple of years ago and you, know, the, you could see this coming. You know, in, in that summer of 2016, the Charlotte Hornets made it to the playoff, a seven-game series against the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade went crazy, and they eventually would beat the Charlotte Hornets, but they wanted to keep this team intact to the best to their ability. That was actually the last really good year for Nick Batum, or at least a good enough year that the Charlotte Hornets gave him a big, huge contract. They gave MKG a big contract. Same thing with Marvin Williams. So they were just crazy salary cap stricken and, and to the point where Kimba Walker became like the fifth, sixth highest player on the team. And Nick Batum vastly underperformed compared to his contract. Marvin Williams was getting older. MKG never developed into a player that you could rely on on offense to his full effect. And then all of a sudden you're left with a team that's constantly battling for the playoffs, but didn't make it the last few years. And you would just be your, your prize for all of that was dealing with an 11th overall selection or a 12th overall selection. So it was the worst place to be in basketball. It's it, you want to be either the worst or you want to be one of the best. And the Hornets were in the worst place you could possibly be not making a postseason, but not picking in the top 10. And there was a lot of people that were angry about that because they could just never feel the team good enough to one, keep Kimba happy and allow him to be a leader for a team that, you know, could make it to the postseason and beyond, get to the second round. And they didn't maximize on Kimba Walker's value where he had another year left on his contract, maybe even two. You know, you could have traded him maybe in season with a year and a half left on his contract get back something else. There was a lot of people that thought maybe Cleveland would have been the team that he was traded to. Maybe you could have gotten that pick that turned out to be Colin Sexton. There was a lot of people that were angry about the way that this was all handled. And then at the end of all of it, the Charlotte Hornets decide to offer him a $160 million deal. And it's the reason why Kimba left. You know, Kimba said today, I believe on one of the local radio shows that 
he wanted to stay in Charlotte. You know, sure. this was the organization's decision. This was completely Mitch Kupchak and company's decision to move on from Kemba, especially when you offer him 160 million. He could have made 220 because the All NBA uh, nod that he got that wasn't going to happen. But then you're thinking, okay, can he get to 180? Can he get to 190? Just the original Bird Max and can even do that. It was only 160. So you're you're absolutely right. There's a lot of fans that were very bitter, that were very angry. The, the situation that this Hornets team was in because the team just couldn't get out of its own way for the last three years ever since they made that playoff berth and lost to the Heat in seven games. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Kemba's obviously going to get the big welcome. That's going to be a great moment for him. I expect him to try to put on a great performance. I also expect Terry Rozier to try to go for a big monster revenge game. And I'm <laughs> like, knowing what I know of Terry Rozier, it would not surprise mm-hmm. me if my, my prediction for this game has been Kemba Walker will score more points, but Terry Rozier will put up more shots. What are you expecting out of Rozier? And what have you seen, by the way, of Rozier? Well, that was his MO, right? That was Terry Rozier's MO, was that he wasn't a very efficient scorer. Someone that hadn't shot 40% from the field. The contract got ridiculed and criticized by everyone as soon as the Charlotte Hornets gave that out to Terry. $18 million annually. That's a big contract for someone that hadn't been very efficient. Um, I I think to to answer what we've seen from Terry Rozier so far is I think it's been someone that has been honestly refreshing to listen to. John, as a, a Hornets fan, as someone that's covered the team, we haven't really had a character, right? We haven't really mm-hmm. had anybody that's been fun to cover from a personality standpoint. I mean, the biggest character on this team for a long time was Frank Kaminsky. That was the biggest one we had. So to have Terry Rogier come in, be a little edgy, give off some confidence, answer your question, not hold his feelings in. That's been refreshing. And I don't think any of it has been disrespectful. I think he's been very respectful to the years that Kimba provided for this team. But there was a lot of questions about, you know, you're coming in as a point guard off the heels of Kimba Walker. How does that make you feel? He's been very respectful of it all. But he said, you know, I'm a different guy. I'm Terry. And I and and I'm ready to lead this basketball team. At first, it was a couple of games where, you can tell that he's really just trying to figure out his role. He has not come in and just jacked off, uh, jacked up a, a ton of shots. Like there just hasn't been a ton of stuff where you've seen him just see a bunch of shots that he liked and he just pulls the trigger immediately. You haven't seen that a whole lot from Terry Rogier. I think he's been really trying to figure out exactly what he can do within this offense. And he's been a guy that got like a nine assist game in preseason, an eight assist game in preseason. I think he's just been trying to figure out his role. So, I, you know, it, look, the contract was bad. There's no doubt about it. But I think you've, you've seen some, some nice things from Terry Rozier. And I think what you can expect from him is certainly a game that he wants to go back at the Boston Celtics and, and you know, try to prove to them why he was a point guard that they should have kept. But I, I don't I don't. From what we've seen so far, I wouldn't imagine him just throwing a bunch of shots up from everywhere on the court. Well, I would just caution you to say, from what I've seen so <laughs> far, 
Uh, I would expect that. And it's not to say that he hasn't changed. Uh, and it's, it's certainly, I mean, I joke at Terry's expense. Terry Rozier is definitely a character. That is for sure. Like mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Frank Kaminsky and inside I'm thinking like, he ain't no Frank Kaminsky. That's for sure. Uh, he's definitely going to tell you how he feels. Um, and it's just interesting to see. And because he played a certain way as a starter and played like la- the last season in Boston was so, I don't want to say bad because it wasn't all terrible, but like, I really do feel that Terry Rozier was part of the problem in, in that locker room because he knew that he was going into free agency and he knew that he had a chance to make some money. So now that he's made the money and he's in a different role, I don't want to be unfair to him and say that he's going to be exactly who he was because he's, he's gotten paid. He's a starter. Like he's gotten the things that he's wanted. Uh, but I will say that going up against Boston, like as much as he respects the team and, and everybody there. And I don't think he's like got ill will towards Brad Stevens or those Mm -hmm. guys, but I will also say that he he feels like he's been wrong. You, you, I'm sure you saw the the ESPN first take where he was like, "Yeah, they would let him be yeah. and all that stuff." So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if all of the sudden uh, passing, like we've I've seen Terry Rozier pass more than usual uh, with the Hornets. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that stuff kind of goes away and he just tries to drop a fifty piece well, on the Celtics. Well. I- yeah, and to your point, I mean, look, we uh, talking with people that have covered the Boston Celtics, you know, they said that the people that we've talked with said that Terry certainly can be moody. You know, we have not experienced that yet, and it would be naive to act all surprised if Terry Rogier starts to, you know, show a couple of different signs emotionally as well as some different signs on the basketball court. We've seen what Terry Rogier has been about with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, it, it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if that stuff starts to rear its ugly head once again. But I will, but to this point, I mean, to this point, Terry's been fine in that regard. And you are right. I would imagine a guy that does go on ESPN and talks about how he had to sacrifice the most out of anybody with Kyrie Irving coming uh, to the Charlotte Hornet or excuse me, to the uh, Boston Celtics and being a member of that team that he had to sacrifice the most. Like I, I, I could see how that guy would want to go out there and put up a ton of shots and do his best to stick it to the Boston Celtics and say, yeah, that this was a mistake for letting me go. I'm the guy you should have paid. I was listening to the lockdown horns. We were talking about Terry Rozier struggling off of pick and rolls. Uh, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a yeah. thing that he's going to do. Like he's not a passer off of pick and rolls. Like he's looking to score generally. And I hope for you guys that he can look to score I mean, look to pass in those situations a little bit more often because that's what's needed. Uh, but I'm curious to see how he's working. We just saw that uh, Devontae Graham just had a big game. And I'm, I'm curious to see what that dynamic is is, is going to be like. And if you think that uh, it seems like they're working well together now, but is there going to be any sort of potential issue with those guys? Well, I, I don't think so. No, I mean, I think when you look at the way that the lineup has played, it's it's been a better basketball team when Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham have played on the court together. Beside, and and when Devontae's been on the bench and it's just been Terry out there, that's actually when you've seen Terry not play as well, the starting lineup not play as well. I think what you're going to see at some point is Devontae Graham get implemented into the starting lineup. So what it's been right now is it's been Dwayne Bacon in the starting lineup alongside T. 
Terry Rozier, and that's kind of been your back, and that's been your backcourt. But we've seen a lot of Terry and Devontae on the court together, and that's worked a lot better. If you look at the numbers, the numbers, the efficiency, the ratings, they all uh, trend upwards when those guys are on the, on the court at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly if, if Terry Rozier is going to want more responsibility, you know, when Devontae Graham comes in and starts to run some things anymore. You know, maybe that's what his mood has been in the past. And, you know, it's, again, only seven games into the season. But the numbers suggest that those two guys – have been playing very well together. And, uh, and when you look at what could happen with the starting lineup, you know, it only makes sense to put the guys that play better together, you know, put them out there and start them. And then maybe Dwayne Bacon is the guy that does go to the bench. Possibly Malik Monk gets thrust into more of a facilitator role in the second unit. Um, and, and instead of Devontae Graham, and I'm sure he would play a lot more. I'm sure he would still play a lot of minutes with the second unit, but it just seems like. Devontae Graham is is fighting hard to start alongside Terry Rozier. So um, uh, that backcourt that has worked uh, quite a bit for the Charlotte Hornets going up again and, and winning against some bad basketball teams to this point and an injury-depleted team with the Indiana Pacers last night. But you've seen some pretty good numbers with those guys playing together. Yeah, I mean, look at this overtime game against the uh, the Pacers, the, the win on Tuesday night was Devontae Graham dropping 35 in 42 minutes. Terry Rozier dropped 22 in 43 minutes. Uh, so it, that's, that's a hell of a combination out there. Uh, and Terry Rozier playing off the ball might not be so bad. Uh, Walker Mail, thank you very much for uh, joining the Lockdown Celtics podcast for a few minutes. Looking forward to seeing how this return goes. I think this is going to be a definite must-watch for everybody on league pass across the board. Kemba's return, Terry Rozier's re- revenge game is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Walker Mail. Be sure to check out the Locked On Hornets podcast. They've got a great show. I mean, it's really one of the best shows on the network. If you want to keep up with Terry Rozier, that's the place to do it. Uh, also subscribe to them, subscribe to us. If you're not doing so already, wherever podcasts exist, if you're new and you're listening on Twitter or somewhere else, go ahead, click your podcast app, open, download a podcast app. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on iTunes, Himalaya, wherever all of you regular subscribers, you know what I need. I need that five-star rating. I need that good written review. This podcast is doing extraordinarily well on the iTunes rankings, but it can do better. I mean, I want to be number one. I want this podcast to be the number one basketball podcast out there. And there's only one way to do it. That's by giving that five-star rating, by giving that good written review, and by sharing the podcast and telling everybody they should listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.